What's up, guys? How are we doing tonight? Everybody good? I feel like this side is very average right now. Is, every, is everybody doing all right over here? All right, cool, cool. Just checking, just making sure. Um, hey, guys, why don't you look to your neighbor real quick, give them a hug, a kiss, a handshake, a high five, whatever's appropriate. Hey, I know I've said that. I like, it's like, oh, there's that guy. He uses that line, you know, get a couple cheap laughs. Has anybody ever experienced their first kiss through that? Anybody? No? Okay, checking, just making sure. Hey, one more time. How many people went to Red Conference over this past week? If you didn't, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you are seriously missing out. And I know you probably think we get up here and we say this as like a pitch for next year, but this was by far the best Red Conference we've ever done. And I honestly think that next year it's just going to be better. And so I don't know what is holding you back from coming if you didn't get a chance to go, but make it a priority because God did something special. I honestly have heard so many stories of God speaking life and truth and just people have been praying for certain things and God gave them a word at Red. And so here's what's awesome is that momentum that started at Red doesn't stop at Red. It, it actually carries over into your Monday. It carries over to your Tuesday, your Wednesday, and your Thursday. And so if you didn't get to go to Red, you're in luck. You're going to get to experience the same presence, the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus that loves you and died for you here tonight. And so if it's your first time with us, we just want to say thank you for coming and checking us out. We honestly believe that if you can encounter Jesus, um, you can leave different than you came in, in a, in a better way. And you might be in here tonight and say, I don't even believe in Jesus. Jesus believes in you. And that's what's the most important thing. He loved you enough to die for you, to forgive you or your sins. And so you can experience Jesus, even if you don't want to. You might, you might just. So just be ready for that, all right? Hey, like Preston said, we are starting a new series tonight, and it is called God's Plan. Now, Drake is a very close follower of young adults. He podcasts us. He watches our YouTube, and so we thought we'd throw him a bone, you know, do one of his songs. Um, no, but we thought, we thought, I'm kidding, by the way, we don't know Drake. Um, but... We thought it was very fitting that after Red Conference to get people pumped up and charged up to encourage you guys and let you know and encourage myself as, as I speak this message that God has a very intentional plan for your life. We believe that God has a plan for your life and the goal of this series is very simple, it's very straightforward. We, we pray that God gives us words to, to inspire you and to help you discover what that plan is for your life. And I honestly believe that every single person sitting in this room is made in the image of God. The Bible says that before you were even born, the Lord knew you. He, it says that your days were written in his book before you ever lived a day in your life. It says that you're fearfully, you're wonderfully made. And, and because of that, tonight I'm going to talk about this topic, God's plan. I'm going to talk about calling. I'm going to talk about purpose. I wanna talk about how you can discover your life's purpose. And because, because we're all fearfully and wonderfully made, we're made so uniquely, um, it, it would be impossible for me to, to sit here and to tell every single person what your plan is, uh, what God's plan is for your life. But I honestly believe that God has given us certain things to let us in on that. And so 
And so here's what I want to do. Um, before, before we pray, I want to give you the title of my message. We're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into this thing. Because as I've been practicing, I've been going a little long. So I'm trying to speed it up a little bit, all right? All right, hey, can we bow? Or, or actually, sorry, the title of my message tonight, I said it already. The title of my message tonight is simply this, How to Discover Your Life's Purpose. How to Discover Your Life's Purpose. Look to your neighbor and say, hey, you're going to discover your life's purpose tonight how to discover your life's purpose. Real quick, can we bow our heads and pray and then we're gonna jump in, all right? Jesus, we love you so much. God, we are so thankful that uh, we get to gather in here and that we get to hear your word. God, this isn't a chance for me to get to speak to people. Your spirit is speaking to me right now and I pray that your Holy Spirit We'll, we'll speak to people. God, we don't come here to, to sing a couple songs and to hear a message and to leave. We honestly want to encounter your presence. God, we believe that in here tonight, there's life, there's hope, there's healing because you're here. And so tonight, God, I pray that if nothing else gets across, the name of Jesus gets across, and that name is lifted high. And the Bible says that when your name is lifted high, that healing comes, that you'll draw all people to yourself, God. And so I pray that if there's anyone in here tonight that has come with, with a heavy heart, God, that you would lift the head of the weary, that you would heal the heart of the broken, God, that you would restore both physically and spiritually people that might be hurting tonight. And our only prayer is that we encounter you more. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Man, I'm sweating a hair. I might need a towel or something. Good grief. All right. I got a story for you guys. Tonight we're going to talk about purpose and we're going to talk about calling. And um, it actually it plays a very, very like intricate role, a very close role to my heart. So when I first met my wife, Erin, when I first met Erin, um, and we started dating, I never would have thought in a million years that I would be a person that stressed her out more than any other person she has ever encountered in her entire life. Uh, our, obviously, she fell in love with me at first sight, um, so it wasn't anything like that, obviously. Um, no, but, but little did she know that this idea of purpose and calling that we're going to talk about tonight would play such a, a vital and such a turbulent role in the first uh, couple weeks, the early stages of our relationship. And so Aaron and I, we had been dating for um, about, uh, we've been dating for maybe about a month. And um, before I moved to Denver, I, I felt like when I became a Christian, and I know this doesn't happen to everybody, but I felt like God gave me a very specific call. I hate using that word because that sounds so mystical. That sounds like so ethereal. But I felt like God gave me a very strong passion um, to one day go and start a church. And so when I became a Christian, um, I knew that one day in the future, I'm going to go and I'm going to start a church. And so I meet this girl, Erin. She's beautiful. She's in love with me. I'm in love with her. Um, and so we're dating and it's about a month. And we're doing that like that we're trying to be as normal as possible. But you know how sometimes when Christians start dating, it can get a little weird. Like whenever you start using the word intentional, like more than once, like in a sentence, you know, you've kind of like crossed that weird Christian dating line. Like my heart is to be intentional to you. And you're God's daughter, which makes you a princess. I'm a son that makes me a prince. Like we are like... And so as royalty, we're being intentional and we're courting each other. Like, if somebody can literally give me a definition of courtship, I would love to know what that is. Um, but, 
So Aaron and I were dating, and we were doing the whole intentionality thing. We were kind of being like a little weird Christian couple and, and all this. And so we wanted to be pretty straightforward with each other, and we didn't want to waste each other's time. And so there was a point, we're about a month in, um, I, I want to say we were in my car, maybe going to Taco Bell, I'm not sure, but um, I, think, I think we were in my car when this happened, um, and we were having this like awesome conversation about Jesus, and it was awesome, and I was like, all right, this is the green light to tell this girl what I am called to do with my life. And so we're about one month in, and I remember looking to Aaron, and I was pouring my heart out, and I was like, listen... I know we're dating for a month and I know we're being intentional and you're a princess, I'm a prince, whatever, like snowflakes and <laughs> glitter and all that stuff. Um, and, and I need you to know that God has put a calling, he's put a purpose on my life to one, get, one day go and start a church and to reach as many people as physically possible. And if this is going to be a problem, I mean, I need to know because this is what I'm going to do. And I need to know, being in a relationship this one month that we have been, are you down to maybe one day move your life across the world to another city away from your parents and start and lead a church with me? And I was like, oh, God ordained, like, moment, like, you know, like the sun was, like, coming in, like, golden hour. And it took her maybe under three seconds. I was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Are you in or are you out? And in under three seconds, she goes, oh, I'm totally out. I am absolutely 150% out. And she's like, dude, I barely know you. Like, we literally a week ago just started holding hands and you're asking me to move across the country with you to start a church one day. You are very weird. And I was like, oh, but I thought we were being intentional. Like, you know, like, you guard my heart, I'll guard your heart kind of thing. Like, guys, also, if you hear the guard your heart line drop, like, just red flags right there, okay? <laughs> kidding, kidding. Guard your hearts. Um, but no, she was like, ah, I'm not about that life. No chance, man. No chance. And so for the first like two to three months, I think Aaron and I broke up about six or seven times. And then we'd get back together. For real, ask our friends, ask our parents. It's a very stressful time in our life. But eventually, obviously, we're together. We're married. We're happy. And, and it's amazing to me. Yeah, you can cheer for that. She's awesome. She's really hot. She's sitting over there somewhere. I can't really see, but she's awesome. Um, but eventually we got married, and as I've gotten to know her more through the, both the dating process and through being married, I realized that it wasn't that I had this strong call in my life, and she did not. It's just we both experienced this idea of calling and purpose in different ways where we both experienced it. We, we both experienced and kind of interacted with calling a purpose, but we discovered it and, and interacted with it in two totally and completely different ways. And so tonight, as, we gonna, as we're going to talk about this, this weird, sometimes fulfilling, sometimes, you know, like scary idea of a calling and purpose on your life, we're going to look at it from a macro level. So like 30,000 foot view, kind of wide scale view of this idea that God has a specific calling and a specific purpose for your life. And like I I said earlier, my goal tonight 
is to not have each and every single person in this room walk out of here knowing exactly what God wants you to do for the rest of your life. I actually, and we'll talk about this a little later, I don't even think that's how calling or purpose works. I think it does work that way some, sometimes, maybe, but I think that's very few and very far between. I don't think that a lot of people in here might walk out um, with that, like, plan, that game plan. Because here's the thing, everybody in here is so unique. They're so uniquely made that, that there's no blueprint. There's absolutely no blueprint to discover your unique purpose, your unique plan in life. There's no checklist that you, man, if I read my Bible five minutes a day, pray 10 minutes a day, bam, I got the blueprint. It doesn't work that way. However, I do believe that God never intended this idea of a unique purpose and a unique calling for your life to be a mystery or something that only a select few individuals get to walk in and get to, get to walk in a, a sense of fulfillment. Um, I think that it's something that God wants every single person in this room to experience. And I think as we read the word tonight, we'll see that it is available to us if we follow these principles, not a blueprint, more like principles that can be applied to the uniqueness of your own life, principles that God has given us to discover our life's purpose. And so if you have your Bibles, if you could turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to read starting in verse 24. Matthew 16, starting in verse 24. And we're going to read two different um, versions of the Bible. We're going to read ESV for all the theology nerds in here. Um, I read ESV, so I'm a theology nerd. And then we're also going to read the message version of the Bible. And I think they complement each other very well. I love them both. And so Matthew 16, starting in verse 24, we're going to read out of those two versions. And this is what it says. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples... If anyone would come after me, they need to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, they'll find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the entire world, but he forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And this, those same verses, 16, uh, 24 through 26 in the message says it this way. It says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anybody that intends to come with me, they have to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help, it's not really help at all, but self-sacrifice is the way. That's my way to find yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you've ever wanted but to lose yourself? Or what could you ever trade for your soul? And so if we're looking at this idea of purpose and calling from, from like a macro perspective, a big picture perspective, and if there's no blueprint but there's principles, I would say the first principle in discovering your life's purpose is this. You're not in the driver's seat. You're not in the driver's seat. According to a bunch of TED Talks and a bunch of articles and different things that I read, um, according to this one specific one, actually, it said just a few short years ago, Amazon listed around 151,928 published books that pertain to discovering your life's purpose. And y'all are getting it tonight for free. How lucky are you? <laughs> And throughout my research of watching, oh man, 
tons of TED Talks, reading a bunch of different articles, um, looking at some of like the, the, you know, the chapters in these books, um, there were two sort of main themes or one sort of main central theme that popped out as kind of a constant as like the foundation for discovering your life's purpose from these books and from these talks. Um, it wasn't necessarily every single one, but out nine out of 10, this, this is the foundation if you want to discover your life's purpose. And it says this, if you want to discover your life's purpose, you must discover yourself. You must know yourself and learn yourself. And then in some way, shape, or form, it would also say something like this. If you're going to discover your life's purpose, you need to discover the things that you are passionate about. What fires you up? What wakes you up in the morning? What gets you out of bed? What are your passions? What are you passionate about? And logically, when we read that, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am very unique. Like, I am God's snowflake. There's no other like me <laughs> on earth. And I'm very unique. And so if I'm unique, then obviously I must have a unique calling. And if my calling is unique to me, then I must discover myself to unveil kind of what that looks like, right? Logically, it seems like the road to discovering your life's purpose starts with you. But I would just kind of suggest, logically, that if all these books, these 152, let's round up, thousand books, suggest that finding your purpose starts with you, why are there 152,000 books on this topic? You would think that after two or three or maybe four that all say the foundation of discovering your purpose begins with you, people would be like, yeah, that's absolutely right. So I don't need to write 150,000 more of these books. You know what I'm saying? But I think that why there are so many books, why there are so many articles, I think that why people struggle and have this desire, it's still one of the top 100 questions asked on Google. What is my life's purpose? How do I discover my life's purpose? I think the reason with all this material out there on how to discover why you're here and what you're here for, the reason people still struggle with that is because we miss the very first and most foundational principle in discovering the purpose of life, discovering yourself, discovering your desires. That makes for an amazing sell on Amazon or maybe a great sell at Barnes & Noble, but that is a terrible foundation to discover your life's purpose. Why? Because to discover your life's purpose you have to understand that this life does not revolve around you. You have to understand that you are not the central character in the story of life, but that like you have been placed within the greatest story that is ever being told, the story of God's redemption for all humanity. You can't start with you because you're not the central character. Jesus is the central character. Because if we start with ourselves, we try to make life all about us, but to understand the foundation of how you discover your life's purpose, you have to understand you're not the central character, but you have been placed in a role in the greatest story ever being told. What makes stories great? What makes stories amazing is when characters, different characters, enter into a struggle. Like, think about Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah, we love Frodo. Yeah, we love Legolas or whatever. But, but what makes these people so appealing is that there's a greater narrative going on behind them that they're all participating in. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we've entered in to 
a story that is so much greater than ourselves. And most experts say, hey, you want to find your purpose? Look to you. Jesus actually says, you want to discover your purpose? Realize you are not in the driver's seat. I am. He actually says, in the more literal translation, he says, deny yourself. If you want to find your purpose, deny yourself. And I know at first that can seem kind of cold or or confusing. Like, what does that even mean? Like, Jesus, I love Dairy Queen. Does that mean that I don't go to Dairy Queen because I'm just going to be a martyr the rest of my life? Like, anything that I don't, anything that I love or enjoy, I'm just going to deprive myself of for the rest. That's not what he's talking about. But what he does say is if you want to find why you're here, the first step is that you have to learn how to deny yourself. And this is what I think it means. Everything, Jesus says deny yourself. Everything in life says indulge yourself. Indulge in yourself, more specifically. I want you to think of a phone. Like everybody's got a phone some way, shape, or form. Imagine back in the day, I don't know if anybody here remembers this. I, don't, I wasn't alive or didn't have this, this kind of phone. But y'all remember the Saved by the Bell, Zach Slater? Like, he had like a man purse for his phone. <laughs> the thought that, there was a, that, that nowadays we live in an era where there is a camera on our phone, the back of our phone. Now think about this. That was like mind-blowing. Because now you don't have to like carry around like a, a camera, a Polaroid or whatever. Like now from your phone, you can literally take pictures and capture the moment of where you're at. Like you can capture a beautiful sunrise or a moment at the ocean or take a picture of your friends. But somebody realized that at some point we love ourselves so much and we are so sort of self-obsessed that not only is there a camera on the back of our phone, but now in most, ca- in most phones, there is a camera on the front of our phone. So that, that, that it literally created this whole new, this language of like selfie and like pose for the right, like, th- you know, like holding it out. They literally make sticks, like sticks that you attach your phone to that are like, and you hold out the stick, like, and you take pictures of yourself and you look so ridiculous, like, while you're doing it, like, But people knew that like this idea that so many people, when they're looking for a purpose, if the foundation is find yourself, find the purpose within yourself, then what feeds into that is indulging in ourself all the time. Now, now listen, I love this. I watch it all the time, but literally YouTube, think about it. You in a tube, you tube, like you now can produce your own TV shows. You now can produce your own like little bits. There are literally people that live their life and make their living by taking you to the grocery store with them. Does anybody like follow like any like bloggers or like video bloggers or whatever? Like there are a couple people that I watch every now and then and they'll be like, hey, today I'm, I'm gonna go to like King Supers and I'm gonna show you what I buy. And I don't know, for me, I'm like next, like that, I know what I buy. I don't, I don't really care about what you eat for, for dinner or whatever, but there's this concept of creating your own story, creating your own story. We literally, that, that's, that's what Instagram calls it, your story. And I think, although it's subliminal and none of those things, Instagram, YouTube, um, the little camera looking at us on our phone that the government watches us from, um, <laughs> none of those things, none of those things are bad, right? But what it does is it subliminally feeds into this thing that life is about you. Life is about your story. How do you create your moment? But Jesus said, 
And he wants us to realize that if we are ever going to live a life that has true meaning and has true purpose, we have to come to terms with the realization that our life is found within the story that he's been writing since the beginning of time. The Bible literally says the story begins, it says God spoke and things came into existence. And that is the story that you find yourself in, the story of his grace and his redemption, the God that created a people that rebelled against him, but he loved them so much that he chose to come down to earth, pay the price for their sin, die and be resurrected so that these people can have an unfiltered relationship with God. And now our job, our role, is to, is to sort of find our role in his story of redemption and his story of grace. And the reason I believe he tells us in Matthew 16 to deny yourself is to remind you that you are not in the driver's seat. It's the very first principle in discovering your life's purpose, but maybe he says that because he knows our greatest temptation in life is to make purpose and calling center around us instead of the story that God has been telling from the beginning of time. Real purpose, real calling begins when we can deny ourselves, just say, step outside of ourselves and realize that there's so much going on that is so much greater than just our, our me-centered life. Purpose, life isn't about creating your own story. Purpose is to be discovered when we realize that we step outside of ourself and step into the story that God is already telling. The second principle, if you're taking notes, and as many of you know, notes gets you a better place in heaven, right? None of you note takers, your condos stacked on side of each other. You might even have to share with somebody else in heaven. The second principle in discovering your life's purpose is this. Purpose is a verb. Purpose and calling is a verb. As I studied and I watched these TED Talks and read these articles, a lot of the people I, again, I would say nine out of 10 of these people, whenever they talked about finding your purpose, finding your calling, what they actually almost always associated it with was finding a job that brought you fulfillment. How do you find a role? How do you find a career? How do you find a way to make income that brings you fulfillment? But I, I want you to look at something here. Um, I want you to look at this, what he's, Jesus says in Matthew 16. He says, anybody that intends to come with me, they have to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. That's foundational principle. Life is not about you. You participate in a greater story. Then it says this, don't run from suffering, embrace it. Then Jesus says this, he says, follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is not help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way to finding yourself, your true self. In this, Jesus says that self-sacrifice, that's the way that we, we discover ourself, our purpose and our meaning. And we're gonna get to that here in a second. But there is actually a prerequisite to self-sacrifice. There's a prerequisite. If, if, if knowing that life isn't about us, knowing that to discover our purpose, we have to step outside of ourself. And if self-sacrifice, which we'll talk about in a minute, is the avenue to discovering your purpose, but there's a prerequisite to self-sacrifice, and it's this, follow me. Jesus says, follow me. Follow, that is a verb, that is action. That, that, when you say follow, that necessitates a response. That means that you literally have to follow. You have to go into action. I think a lot of times when we say, God, what's my purpose? 
What's my calling in life? What we're asking for is a noun, right? We want a person, a place, or a thing. God, who am I going to marry, right? Who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? Person. God, where am I going to live? What city do you want me to move to? What, where do you want me to go? Place. God, what, what job do you want me to have? What career do you want me to have? You know, thing. Like, I think a lot of times when we ask God for purpose, what we're asking for is a noun. And most of the time, if we're being honest, when we say, God, what's my purpose? We associate it with a career, God, what have I been made to do? God, what, what, what is my calling? What have I been made to do vocationally? But I want you to think about something. Think about the Apostle Paul, right? I would argue maybe that that guy had more purpose and calling in his pinky than I will ever experience in my life. I'm praying that it's different, but that's what I think. Paul, let's just say, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Paul had the most purpose and calling than any person to walk on the earth besides Jesus himself, right? Let, let's, even if that's not true, let's just agree. Paul, <laughs> vocationally, <laughs> you're like, oh, man, I'm not coming back next week. Uh, <laughs> but, but when we're talking about purpose and calling, Paul, vocationally, we think author that wrote most of the New Testament, church planner, right? Apostle, like going around empowering the church. Vocationally, Paul actually worked at, 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 a, or, or out, at some type of like outdoor outfit or making tents. Paul vocationally to bring in income was a tent maker. He worked at Bass Pro Shop. That's what I was looking for. He worked at Bass Pro Shop in the tent section, making sure you enjoy a good camping experience. So is purpose necessarily always equated with vocation? Absolutely not. I think that's what God is trying to tell us. Purpose and calling is a verb. It's not a noun. The disciples, vocationally, fishermen. Purpose, calling, to start a movement and tell people about this amazing person named Jesus that they encountered. And I'll get a little more personal. I have two of the most godly grandparents on planet earth if you ever get to meet my grandparents it is a privilege for you I promise I promise you that my grandparents vocationally drive a bus for public school that's what they do they drive a special needs bus together for public school calling and purpose my grandparents every day step on that bus and they pray for those kids they let those kids know that they are beautifully, wonderfully, fearfully made, that God has a calling and an intention for their life. They love those kids when those parents don't want those kids. They speak life into those kids. And you want to take it a step further? My parents, my, my grandparents might be bus drivers, but, but calling and purpose, they are the most hospitable people in the world. I literally remember growing up, they made a decision that if they found a, home, a person that was homeless, they would take them in. And I remember my grandparents having their spare room filled with a bunch of random people. And sometimes they would be robbed sometimes these people didn't have good intentions back and they would steal from my grandparents and rob them blind but if you think that being a bus driver defines my grandparents calling and purpose you must be insane my grandparents bring the love of Jesus to every person. I remember one time I was about to preach my very first sermon and, and back in college I had to wear a suit. And the guy that was fitting me for my suit clearly wanted nothing to do with Jesus, but my grandparents would not give up. And they just prayed for this guy. And you could tell, he's like, get me out of here. And they were just like, nope, we're praying again. Like, you will love Jesus. You know what I mean? But if you think that a role, a job title can define your calling and your purpose. I think Jesus is telling you the exact opposite. 
that calling and purpose is not a noun. It's not a person, a place, or a thing. It's a verb. It's action. And that action is follow me. Follow Jesus. I think a lot of times, too, when we think about calling, when we think about purpose, we have this idea that calling and purpose equate to arriving, right? God, when am I going to arrive? Like, where am I going to be in my ideal spot? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to live? Uh, you know, who am I going to who am I going to do it with? Who am I going to start? Like, you know, my my business, my church, my whatever. Who's going to be there? Who's going to be in that life? And where's it going to be? We think about arriving, and, and and honestly, I think the mindset that we have is once I know those things, once I know the people, once I know the place, once I know the, the thing that I'm going to be doing, then. I will be walking in my calling and then I can be effective for God. But I want you to know that that literally could not be further from the truth. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Purpose is never discovered through arrival. Purpose is unearthed through the lifelong devotion of following Jesus. Purpose doesn't happen when you arrive. Purpose happens when you decide that you're going to follow every single day. I think Jesus is so, more, so much more about the journey than we are. I think we're about the destination. We're about when do I arrive? When do I get there? God, when, it, when is it going to be my moment? When is it going to be my time? When am I going to arrive so that then I can walk in my purpose? Jesus is saying, follow me. Follow me. You want to discover your life's purpose? Follow Jesus. You, you want to know why you were put on this earth? You want to know the unique thing that God made you for? Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. If you are a Christian in this room, you have been given a spirit inside of you that is a spirit made to follow. It is in your blood. Jesus said in John 10, he said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not what? Follow. He said in John 10, same, same passage, he said this, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they will what? Follow my voice. You want to understand purpose and understand calling, you have to understand it is a verb. It is action oriented. It is not about arriving and it is not about a vocation, maybe. And think about this too, think about this. Abraham, Abraham, the founder of our, one of the founders of our faith, one of the very first people, when God got a hold of him, he was actually worshiping the moon. The Bible said that he was a moon worshiper, and God said, that's not real, stop doing that, worship me. And, and Abraham, and Abraham's like, okay, God, and, and God literally starts speaking promises to him. He says, hey, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Hey, I'm going to form a nation out of you, and I am going to rule them. It's, it'll be a theocracy. I will be the ruler and the leader of this nation. I will be your God. I will lead you to a land of promise. And Abraham said, that sounds awesome. Where are we going? And God says, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, okay, uh, might be a little difficult uh, to get there, but do you know what he said? He said, I'll tell you when we get there. Follow me. And you want to know what I think he was telling him? Your promise is not about when you arrive in the promised land. Your promise is not about when you get to your destination. God is saying that your purpose, your calling is found through following God, through following after Jesus. He said, follow me. I think the call on every, if you want to talk about calling, what is my calling? I think the call of every single believer in here is a lifelong journey to deny yourself, to step outside of yourself, to look outside of who you are and your desires and the things that you love 
and to make a lifelong commitment to follow after Jesus. Man, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus right now in your 20s. If you want to discover your life's purpose and your life's calling, listen to that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit daily. Say, hey, come and follow me. Come follow me. And I honestly believe that when you're in your 30s and you're in your 40s and you're in your 50s and you have kids and you've got this job or whatever, and you're like, man, is my purpose still the same? Listen to that still, small voice of the Spirit saying, hey, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Purpose is found in following. It's not found in arriving. Purpose is found in following. Come and follow me. And I honestly believe, I believe this with all my heart, when I'm 80, 90, 100 years old and I'm wearing them old man diapers and somebody's got to help me, um, you know, go to the bathroom and I walk, you know, like this and I get to where I'm going. I honestly believe that in my 80s and 90s and if I see triple digits, I believe God will be speaking vision in my life. I believe God will be speaking purpose and giving me calling because at 80 and 90 and 100, you know what his spirit says? Hey, come and follow me. Come and follow. Because here's the thing. If purpose was arriving, once you arrive, it's, it's downhill from there, right? But with God, he's so good. There's an eternity set before us where we're still going to be discovering his glory and his beauty. You think like, the, like two millennia will pass and we'll be like, I can't believe, is there more of God? Oh my gosh, there's more of God. Like, and, and five more, five more millennia will pass. You know what I'm saying? And like, there's more, there's more, there's more. And purpose and calling is when we follow him wherever he decides to lead us. And Ben, you guys can make your way on up. <clears throat> Deny yourself. Step outside of yourself. Know that, that purpose and calling is a verb. It's action. It's, it's not a noun. It's action. Follow Jesus. And the final principle, I believe, to discovering your life's purpose, and I honestly believe this with all my heart, is this. Give your life away. Give your life away. Jesus said, for whoever would save his life, they're the ones that are actually going to lose it, but whoever decides to lose their life for my sake, they'll be the ones that'll find it. The message says this. It says, self-help, looking inside of yourself, following your passions, your desires, self-help, that's actually not any help at all, but self-sacrifice is the way. It's my way to discover yourself, your true self. You want to discover your purpose in life? You want to discover your unique calling that God has put on your life? Practice giving your life away. Because in the kingdom of God, it's backwards. It's upside down, right? Like the, the world would say, once I arrive, like once I have the job, once I have the girl, once I have the place, then I will be most efficient and I will know how to kind of channel my gifts the best, right? Well, once I arrive, then I can give my life away. Because how can I give my life away when I don't know what I'm supposed to give my life away to, right? Once I need to arrive first. But Jesus, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says, you want to find your life? Just give it away. Give it away, serve people, serve your local church, jump in where they need you. Sir, sir, you see somebody that needs money, you have money, serve them. You see somebody that needs a meal, have them over, feed them, serve people. Give your life away to following God and loving other people. You wanna find your life, give it away. Most people, I would say, hesitate to go all in on life because what they're waiting to do is kind of discover that unique niche that they have and then they're gonna go all in on life. Jesus says, you want to understand your purpose, your uniqueness, your calling? Go all in on life. 
give everything away. Serve people relentlessly. Be obnoxious at doing things for people, speaking life into people, encouraging people, loving people that don't deserve to be loved. Give your life away. I think sometimes, and myself included, we can kind of get in this mindset of, yeah, but I know I'm called to be a teacher. I know to, to, to be a church planner. I, I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be an author. I'm going to be a worship leader. I'm going to be a singer. And so therefore, I'm not going to serve in Kids Rock, like, because, because that's not me. That's not my gifting. That's not my unique calling. And honestly, I believe that kind of sounds a little like a Pharisee. You know what I mean? And I find myself in that boat a lot too, because the Bible says that Jesus literally said, the Son of Man has come to serve and actually not to be served. It says he has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life away as a ransom for many. Every day, every single day when you wake up, you can, you can pray, God, help me today. Help me to step outside of myself. God, help me to follow you. Help me to follow that still small voice of your spirit. And God, help me find a way to empty myself today. Help me find a way to give my life away today. And I promise you, I, I would guarantee you, I can do that because it's in the Bible. I can guarantee you that, that if you choose to step outside of yourself, if you make a commitment to daily follow after Jesus, and if you daily decide, I'm not gonna lay my head down on my pillow until I give my life away today to somebody that needs love, somebody that needs encouragement, I promise you, you will walk in more purpose and walk in more calling and walk in more fulfillment than anybody could ever offer you any other way. You wanna discover your life's purpose? You wanna know the purpose, the unique purpose that God put you here on this earth to experience? Remember, you're not in the driver's seat, God is. Step outside of yourself. Purpose is a verb, it's action. Follow Jesus and give your life away. Could I have everybody stand up here? Commit, commit. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Hey, if you're in here tonight and this idea of calling and purpose has been something that maybe is like daunted you or maybe something that you don't understand, I want you to know, I honestly believe that it is way more simple than you could ever imagine. That God wants you to experience a life of calling and purpose and meaning that was designed just for you. And like I said, there's no way for me to tell you that because your life is so unique and your gifts and your talents are so unique that I could never write out how, how for you to truly walk into that. But I do know that if you can use those gifts, to step outside of yourself, to love people and to commit to follow Jesus, I promise you, you will find the calling and the purpose that God has put on your life. But maybe you're in here tonight. Maybe you're in here tonight and you're like, man, if I'm being honest, I, I, I'm in search of life's purpose, but I didn't even know there was a God. I didn't even know that there, there was a God who loved me, who, who chose to know me. The Bible says that Jesus knows you. The Bible says he literally knows how many hairs are on top of your head. He knows you like that. And, and, and more than giving you a vocation or more than giving you like a mission, you know what God wants to give you? Grace, love, and forgiveness. Listen, every single person that has ever stood on this stage and will ever stand on this stage and any person that has ever sat in your seats, they wrestle with this, with this, this thing that we call sin, the, the, this reality that apart from Jesus, we can't do it on our own. 
But the Bible says that Jesus came to serve and he served by taking the punishment that we deserve and putting it on himself. And so tonight, if you wanna take the very first step in walking in the calling and the purpose that God has for you, that's called salvation. And this is, what, this is all that it means. All it means is you say, God, I recognize that I can't do this on my own. I need you in my life. And here's what I promise you will happen. You will feel the Holy Spirit kind of knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says that Jesus comes and he stands and he knocks on the door of your heart. And whoever opens it, the Bible says he comes and he dwells with them. And so tonight, I'm gonna pray. If you could bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in this room tonight, you say, Connor, I, I want to know my life's purpose. And, and honestly, right now, I'm walking around. I feel so confused. I came in here tonight just looking for something. I didn't know what I was looking for, but I was just looking for something. I just needed something to live for, something to give me meaning, something to give me purpose. I'm telling you, that is Jesus. And he loves you. And what he's telling you right now is that he loves you. And so tonight, if you want to receive Jesus, if you want to make him the Lord of your life, on the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. Two, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do not wait. Three, if you could raise your hand and say, I want to follow Jesus with my life. Thank you for raising your hand. Thank you for raising your hand. Guys, can we give a round of applause for people that made a decision to follow after Jesus? That's amazing. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Let's pray together and then we're gonna worship. Jesus, we love you so much. And God, I'm so thankful that you not only breathe life into us and that you not only saved us from our sin, God, but you actually have divine purpose. You have a divine call on every single person's life in here. And my prayer tonight is that as we worship, we would make a decision to follow you daily, to step outside of ourselves and to love people radically by giving our life away. And God, I pray that as we do that, people would walk in a sense of fulfillment, in a sense of calling, in a sense of purpose that they've never experienced before in, in their life. Jesus, we love you. It's our honor to, to be able to sing and to worship you tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen.